So a listener writes, Dan, I did something stupid in 2018. Oh, no. You're part of the human race. You know, I'm not sure I could identify any year where I didn't do something stupid. Now, those do vary in scope, but I continue to stretch, hopefully to grow. But sometimes I just have to admit it was one of those times when I was learning. Yes, what somebody else may call stupid or losing. So where do you go from here? All right, can grab your cup of tea. Get ready for another episode. We're going to have this filled with practical advice, inspiring stories from our listeners, and valuable resources to help you reduce your number of stupid decisions. So let's jump right in after these messages from our supporting sponsors. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome in. If you're a new listener to 48 Days Podcast, we welcome you. The 48 Days just means we think around here that's an adequate time where you can assess where you are. Get the advice and opinion of other people, explore your options, do a little bit more research, choose one and act. Now, that's a process to keep from procrastination, keep from indecision, those things that will destroy your progress. So that's why we use the 48 to welcome in. Glad to have you as a listener. So some of the questions we're going to be answering today are these. Dan, I'm starting a business in which I help older people to record the stories of their lives. And then the one I let off with, Dan, I did something stupid in 2018. We'll unpack that. In the beginning of your teaching and coaching career, how did you not feel like a fraud being in so much debt in the midst of your teaching and encouraging others? Yeah, that we could spend a lot of time there. And somebody wants to know, I want to be doing auto appraisals, but don't know how to pivot to do that. All right. So here in the setup, here's our quotation. I want you to really pay attention to this. This comes from Michael McGreevy, who I had on as a guest a couple weeks ago. And in our conversation, he said this, which just stopped me in my tracks. He said, sometimes fear is a beacon leading you toward a better version of yourself. Now think about that. Sometimes fear is a beacon leading you toward a better version of yourself. Wow, have I seen that played out in retrospect. That's not the kind of thing we can feel good about looking forward, but in looking over your shoulder, yeah, wow, that time were you really afraid, and then you did it anyway, and now you have some new options available to you. Well, our resource for today, again, is our upcoming webinar. That webinar is going to be on August 31st at either 2 or 7 o'clock p.m. Central, and it's our Hold Fast to Dreams webinar. Yes, you've heard us talk about that before, but I guarantee you it's never the same. I keep learning. I keep hearing from you guys, the listeners, talking to people in our coaching environments and our online communities, the Eagles community, my mastermind, our investment group. So it's never the same. I learn. And uh, so it's hold fast to dreams. How do you put legs on your dream? How do you define it? What are the five steps you have to go through? So join us for that. Be delighted to have you. Just go to 48days.com slash webinar and you'll find it there. All right, let's get to some of these questions here. So Joyce says, 
Hi, Dan. I'm starting a business in which I help older people to record the stories of their lives. I interview them and ask them questions. I want to give it the personal touch and help them to be comfortable. I'm not sure how much to charge or how to monetize this business. I also want to start a podcast to share the wisdom of elderly people. I have a collection of Facebook posts about people in their 80s and 90s who are doing amazing things. I'm also thinking about interviewing some of them for my podcast, along with people that I know personally. I want to build a community of elderly people to try to cure loneliness in the world and inspire each other to continue to learn and try new things. All right, so Joyce, you... you, have touched on several different components here of how you can really start a business. And I love what you're doing. I mean, I I think we have a lot of wisdom as people are growing older, if they are uh, continuing to grow instead of just uh, growing older chronologically, they have a lot of wisdom to offer. I, I listened to a seminar that I was in yesterday where the, the two principals were talking about modern elder. Now, Chip Connolly has uh, written several books. He's got a new book coming out. Um, and how would, he, he started a chain of boutique hotels years ago and was very successful in that. Then he became kind of the mentor to the two young guys that started Airbnb. And so he's been extremely successful in a variety of things. And so he has now what's called the Modern Elder Academy, MEA, Modern Elder Academy. They have a place in Baja, Florida, and he's opening another one soon. He's got 2,600 acres that he's going to use what he he calls a regenerative horse ranch. So they're bringing older horses on to let them graze, and they're restoring the land that was really destroyed just by overproducing from, you know, growers. Anyway, he says that a, a modern elder is somebody who is as curious as they are wise, Boy, I want to be in that group. That means they continue to learn. They're as curious as they are wise. Okay, so Joyce, back to your question. You want to help these older people share their stories. If you just sit down with them, you have a consulting package where you're going to charge them, you know, $1,500 to sit down and put their help them put their stories together. I think you'll have a hard time ever making it work financially. However, there are some really clear options to that. One is to elevate the kind of story writing you're doing. There are people in our audience out here, and I'm sure you know some, who are ghost writers. Nick Pavlidis, who's our dean of writing in Eagles community, has a ghost writing school, and he teaches people how to do ghost writing. Now, what that means is if you have somebody like a, a Chuck Norris or a George Foreman or Joel Osteen or somebody who's a celebrity, they if they write their story, they're used to paying a lot of money to have that done well. So Chuck Norris's story against all odds. Again, we've got somebody who's aging, and uh, well, actually, that that book was written by um, a friend of mine, Ken Abraham. He was the writer for that, but Ken's standard fee is a quarter of a million dollars to tell somebody's story. But if somebody is going to write a book and they are a celebrity, where they're going to get a big advance from a publisher or know they're going to sell a lot of books and make money from that, then having a fee like that is not unreasonable. So if you're working with people like that, certainly ghostwriting would be a way to do it. Another way, though, is, and this is something my wife Joanne does, she uses the resources of a company called StoryBrand, where every week, now I get, the, I get the questions as well. I'm not as faithful about writing them out as she is, but every week we get a question. 
And it's just a question about your past, your growing up, your likes, your dislikes, family, constellation, all those things. You write that out. And then once a year, they'll come back and say, would you like to turn this into a book? Now, it's only like $60 a year to do that. But all they're doing is putting out questions like that. We write, it goes into an automated system, and then they can produce a book. Joanne already has one done. I haven't gotten that far yet, but she has one that's beautifully done. Our kids love it. And she's able to get copies and give it to friends and all that. So there's a system whereby it doesn't require your individual time for each person. So if you move into something like that, you could do what it is you want to do. Now, the other things, having a podcast, I mean, a podcast is a great way to build a buzz, build a brand. If you come up with a really cool name for what you're doing, and then you can turn that into a community of elderly people where if people pay you know, $10 a month to be part of it, to have conversations, share their what's going on, share their wisdom there. I mean, that'd be a really cool thing to do. And if you get 3,000 people, you know, it doesn't have to be big, big numbers, but 3,000 people to do that, that's $30,000 a month. So that's another way you could really do that. So I think you're on the right track. Just be very clear about building a realistic business model for what you want to do. Well, David says, Dan, I did something stupid in 2018. When my wife and I moved here for my wife's career, rather than be an employee, I decided to go to work for myself. Not having any significant amount of money and savings, I used my 401k, rolling it into a self-directed 401 and purchased a small business. Now that's, you know, totally legit. It's, it's risky to take money out of a 401k, but anyway, we'll move on. The business has not done very well at all. It's decreased in value from what I paid 180000 to now probably less than 50000 It's shown minimal to no profits each year, paying me less than what I can make back in the workforce. I'm considering selling. If I sell, I lose most of my retirement. If I continue, yeah, you know, taking money out of your 401k and then using it, not putting it back, there's heavy, heavy uh, tax penalties with that as well. Uh, if I continue the business, I make minimum wage, but continue possibly increasing the value to sell for a higher amount in a few years. Okay, again, I'm going to offer you a couple of clear choices here, you know, in what you're doing, David. So 2018, that's five years. Now, that's long enough to have a clear sense of what the potential is. So you could bring in a coach. I recently did that for 48 days. I brought in a coach to help us see it with new eyes, help me see things that I'm too close to the business to actually see. It was powerfully valuable. And has changed. Now, I, I paid paid $5,000 for that process, three weeks of coaching. But I'm confident I'm going to make that back in multiples. I mean, I'll make that back 10, 20 times in the next year because of the value of what it helped us see. So I, I certainly believe in that. Even if you're struggling, the idea, open, open yourself up to coaching to have somebody else help you really look at it. But then you've got to draw a line in the sand. If you really don't see any new possibilities, stop what you're doing. Sell it for what you can get and move on. Don't just stay there when your compensation is so low and you don't see any future. Obviously, you're discouraged with that. There's just no point in doing that. So it's better to stop the hemorrhaging, stop the pain, even if it is showing you what seems to be a big loss. You know, unless you Again, unless you have a dramatic change that you see, don't just keep on with what you're describing. But then the options are not just to give up being an entrepreneur and go back and get a job. I mean, my own 
story in that. You know, many years ago, I went through a period of time, those of you who are regular listeners have heard me talk about it, where I woke up the next morning after selling one of my businesses at public auction and realized I was about half a million dollars in debt. Well, I had two clear choices. I had my master's in clinical psychology at that point. I was already teaching as an adjunct at the university. I could have gotten a full-time position teaching and made $60,000, $70,000, but there was no way that would work. It would have been the responsible, logical, reasonable thing to do, perhaps, but it wouldn't work mathematically. How am I going to have a, a family with three small kids making that kind of money and ever get out of the half million dollars in debt? It's actually $430,000. I'm just rounding up here because I remember the pain of that. So I didn't do that. I knew my only option was to jump right back in the game as an entrepreneur, doing something else other than what I did. That was gone. But still doing something that had no guarantee, but no ceiling. And I did. I started reestablishing myself and got in a position where within five, six months, I was making pretty decent income again and was able to chip away at that debt. Took me longer than I planned, but it still was the best option. I've never second-guessed that choice. Now, let me tell you one, one other thing here, David. We talk about millionaires. How do millionaires become millionaires? 90% of millionaires made most of their money in real estate. Now, let me tell you something else. So again, 90% of millionaires made their money in real estate. 100% of billionaires, we're told, made their money by having equity positions in some kind of business. You're on the right track. You did the thing that turns people into being very, very wealthy. This didn't turn out well for you, but that doesn't mean that the next thing won't. And incidentally, that's how most billionaires get to be billionaires is they try things that don't work first, and then ultimately they find something that does. So draw a line in the sand. Don't keep doing what you're doing. I want you in you know, 48 days from now to not be doing what you're doing and either decide you're going you're gonna to just sell that, you're going to just stop it, but then look at what is next. Now, here's the thing too. As soon as you get a clear idea about what's coming next, your enthusiasm, your hope, your optimism, are going to grow exponentially. And that's where you want to go. All right. Thanks for your question. Bob says, and this is pretty interesting. I think about this one a little bit. He says, Dan, in the beginning of your teaching and coaching career, how did you feel like, how did you not feel like a fraud being in so much debt in the midst of your teaching and encouraging others. I'm very interested and passionate about encouraging others to pursue their unique gifts and callings in life. I find a second and third wind in my sails speaking with people about their futures and what makes them curious and excited. But sometimes I feel like a fraud because I'm not doing financially what I'd like to be. I'm thinking about coaching since I'm often rubbing shoulders with very financially successful people, yet a looming cloud seems to keep their happiness on or two businesses deals away. One or, one or two business deals away, that's what it is. I'd like to help them get success with their families and their thought life. Thanks, Dan. I wouldn't be as successful as I am without you. Well, thanks for your note, Bob. I appreciate that. How did I not feel like a fraud? I'll tell you what, I, I really did. And, and when I think back, I think, why in the world did the pastor of that large church in Nashville ask me to teach that class? I think it was because 
he had enough wisdom to have seen the path that successful people go down where they do have bumps in the road. But if they have character, integrity, good health, great relationships, they can come back from that. And I think that he probably saw that in me. And I'm so, so eternally grateful for that, to have that opportunity. I agreed to teach knowing that when we teach something, we learn it. That's the best way to learn something is to agree to, to teach it. It keeps you on your toes and ahead. And that's what I did with those people. But I was also very, very open with those people. I was not trying to present a picture that was not true for me. They knew the situation I was in. They knew the pain I was in and how I was recovering. And believe me, it didn't happen overnight. It took a long time to recover from that mess that I'd created. But I was very open with them. We were learning together. That's, that's I think, why 48 Days to the Work You Love has resonated with people. It's not just something, uh, theory, that I sat down in a cubicle or went off to a cabin for two months and wrote. No, it's the real-life stories of people that I was working with, and it also includes my own story as I was trying to figure things out and walk out of that disaster. And I think if you're doing that, people will give you credibility for what you're doing. You know, and and you talk about coaching. We coach best the person that we were three years ago. I mean, if you look at it in that way, you don't have to be at the top of the world. I mean, if, if coaches waited till they were at the top of the world, we wouldn't have any coaches. You know, we're all looking back, coaching the person that we were a few years ago. If you're doing it in that way, you can hold your head high and do it. Now, true my success has changed pretty dramatically since then, and I'm grateful for that. That just means that I maybe have more people that I can work with who are in those stages that I have gone through. But I remember being very humble in that period of time. Um, but And I guess you could, I don't know, maybe you could say that I felt like a fraud. But the fact that I was so open, I wasn't a fraud. I was just totally honest about the pain that I was in. And the people that I was coaching, that I was teaching in the Sunday school class, they helped me as well. It wasn't just one directional where I showed up as the pro from Dover. I was the expert that knew everything. Not a chance. I was learning from them. All right, let's grab another one here. Paul says, Hey, Dan, I'm 48 years old. 48. All right, cool. Great great time to be making big decisions. He says, I have a degree in business management, associate in entrepreneurship. I've had jobs in customer service and insurance, real estate, agent, driver, a couple of companies. I like being on the road and enjoy cars, motorcycles, and helping people. I raced motocross uh, in the Northeast. Motocross is my life, and I still ride and race. That's pretty cool. 48 years old, you're still riding and racing motocross. I'm a certified dirt bike instructor from the Motorcycle Safety Foundation in California. I'm working on passing my auto appraisal license. Finally, uh, landed a teaching job at 508 International, Massachusetts. You know, I, Paul, I wasn't familiar with that. I looked it up. Wow, wow. 508 International, that's a radical place to do all kinds of things, riding dirt bikes and dune buggies and all kinds of exotic things to get a thrill there. looks like a really cool place. My question is trying to get auto appraisal jobs on the weekdays, then quit my current job and do dirt bike school and build it up to a full-time job on weekends. But I need to add other motorcycle stuff to make it a full-time career because it's seasonal plus um, 
auto appraisal jobs, maybe too. Well, you, you got a lot of things mixed in here. I mean, I, I, I admire the fact that you know what your, your love is. Motocross is my life and I still ride and race. It sounds like you've got a lot of opportunities there. If you're doing dirt bike instruction and if you've got a, a job to teach at 508 International, um, I'm not sure why you're trying to move out of that. It seems to me those two things together, plus other things you could do, you could be a distributor for motorcycle parts. Um, got a lot, a lot of things you could do in that arena to probably make this a full-time career. Auto appraisal seems to be kind of a left turn. I'm not sure why that's appealing to you. Auto appraisal, as I understand it at least, is um, just appraising wrecked cars. I mean, you go out after a car wreck and then you do an appraisal to see what the insurance company is going to settle for. Uh, I don't, that doesn't sound very exciting to me. And, but uh, if that's what you want to do, I don't think there's any real roadblocks to you doing that. I'm not sure how much that pays. I did pull up just real quickly, um, auto appraisal jobs. There are, there are 48 jobs listed by LinkedIn for, well, actually it's ZipRecruiter is the one that's posting them. 48 jobs for auto appraisal in the state of Florida. When I just looked just just a little bit ago, I mean that's kind of interesting. So we got another forty eight there. Maybe that's a sign you ought to go ahead and do that. Again, I, I don't see that as being a real appealing kind of industry to pivot into with a lot of upside potential or a way to grow it as your own business or anything. It seems to me to just be you know kind of an ordinary job. Again, I may be missing something. I'm not sure, but I I, I think you've got enough things going in the motocross arena to really make this work. Just be creative there. What could you do? Could you create a course of your own where you're you're not only teaching people individually, but you have a course where it's, you know, I, I had a, a guy just recently who showed me a course that he had just purchased for $27 and it was how to do the splits. Now, again, you know, nothing complicated. It was just a, a one month process of stretching a little bit more and ultimately being able to do the splits no matter what age you are. But he paid $27 for that. Well, you know, if a bunch of people buy that, you've probably got a ton of areas of expertise in the motocross training arena where you could create a course, you know, how to land safely, you know, how to jump, you know, how to not lean forward too far, you know, how to make, how to take corners, how to pass somebody. I don't know. I could go on and on just with ideas that I have, but I'm sure you have insight into those things that you could put together like that. You may be able, like the question just before here, to put together an online community. You know, are, are there online communities for motocross racers where you share ideas in there? And that's the kind of thing where you could have them pay, you know, $30 a month to be part of that, or maybe $60 a month. I don't know what the going rate is. It may be, if it's really high level teaching, it could be $197 a month. Well, you get a a thousand people in there, a thousand racers who are in there sharing ideas, all growing together. You give them a place to have the conversations and throw in your own teaching. Wow, that, that's pretty cool. You know, a thousand, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars a year doing that. So Again, I think your best options are to draw from what it is that you already love, the kind of things that you're doing there. All right. You know what? Um, I'm going to, we're going to wrap with that rather than going on. I'll save questions for another time. If uh, you got a question, you know, feel free to jump in here. Hey, just before we uh, start to wrap things up, I want to also let you know, again, we are talking about questions that come from you, the listeners. I love getting your questions in here. If you got questions, just shoot them in to 48days.com slash askdan. 
We'll take your questions there. Hey, I want to be back with a wrap up right after these messages from our sponsors. Now, I want to just remind you about some resources that we've got here. I mentioned at the beginning, we've got a webinar coming up August 31st. Hold fast to dreams. Again, if you get a dream and, you know, I don't run into anybody that doesn't. We just had our conference here a couple of weeks ago. Hold, or well, will it fly is what we called it. But what we found is that rather than people coming in with queer business ideas that they really were ready to scale, it really was more of sharing, here's where I am, but I'm not really sure what my dream looks like. There was a whole lot of surge in the room for, I still need help in really defining what is my dream. We have people in there who have sold their businesses, so they're in good shape financially, but they want to, they're trying to figure out what is that next thing or people like our questions here. You have an idea, but how do I shape this into something really meaningful? How do I not only shape this into a successful business, but how do I at the same time make sure that I'm planning for a successful life where it's not just business, but how do I maintain quality of life in my relationships, in my own health, my own spiritual growth, my personal development and all that. Anyway, those are the kind of things we're going to be addressing in the webinar. Hold fast to dreams. Just go to 48days.com slash webinar and you can sign up there. Again, that's going to be August 31st at 2 or 7 p.m. Central. We always give our workshop times in central time. I'm on Eastern, but we give them in central time just to give people kind of a standard base from which you can then adapt to your time zone. And we have people from Calgary, a lot of people in England, a lot of people in Australia, and I know you have to adjust to your time based on whatever that is. Also, I want to remind you, here we are right at the end of August, September 1st, we're going to be starting our 30 days of listening to The Strangest Secret. I talked about that last week. It's a, something that's been a, a pivotal moment for me. It's been an ongoing theme in my life is following the principles of that audio, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. It's been around a long time. Most everybody, you, you talk to anybody who's really successful, they're going to be familiar with that. It's had some role in their success journey. I invite you to join us on that. Go to 48days.com slash secret and just let us know you know, we're not selling anything there. I want you to get the book. Just go to Amazon, get the book, get the one from Sound Wisdom. Um, that's the one that I prefer. It's most beautifully done. But anyway, um, we've got links in last week's. I'll, I'll put the link again in today's notes about where my recommendations are to get that. But join us, 48days.com slash secret to join us for that 30 days of listening every day. It's 32 minutes long. No, we aren't in the first grade. It's not that kind of repetition, but we still know that no matter where you are chronologically or where you are in your success path, it's a powerful, powerful process. Been proven over and over by a lot of people who are extremely successful. I'm going to be doing it again. I've done it before. Going to be doing it September 1st through the 30th. We probably throw in the extra day as well. Some people have already let me know they're going to be doing it for 48 days, which I think is pretty cool. So, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions, for being open to growing, for being that powerful force that I know you are for making the world a better place. So share this episode with two or three of your friends who are also committed to personal growth. Hey, grab a couple people and tell them you're going to be doing the Strangest Secret Challenge. You know, it could be family members. It could be neighbors. 
I saw one of my neighbors out walking this morning. He's always inspired by that. I need to share with him what I'm going to do. I'm sure he joined me in doing that. He listened to my podcast. He's very successful, retired multimillionaire, but he loves listening to my podcast and uh, integrating the principles that we talk about here. So find somebody to share it with. They'll thank you for it. You know, they'll when, when there's a change in their life, they're going to go back and attribute it to you. It's going to raise your credibility in their eyes. Yeah, you want to be that kind of person. That's going to open up more possibilities for you as well. And stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work, and really more than work, a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.